Tailgater Sports. That's right, you heard it. Another episode of Tailgater Sports. We are glad to have you with us. My name is Eric Roberts. You may have heard me mention as Nick Soundwave on The Woody Show or Eric, my real name, on What's New with Menace. It doesn't matter what you call me. I'm just glad you're here listening. I have two guys with me, my trio here on Tailgater Sports. The first one, he's a Packers fan and a Ducks fan. His name is Randy. How you doing, Randy? What up, what up? Go Pack Go. Always. The third guy, the three of our trio, he's our punching bag, and we love him for it. His name is Tyler. He's a Falcons fan and an Angels fan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm doing great. So we have a great show planned out. We have a new kind of segment that we're going to debut this episode called Fandom 101. We know this is a new podcast. It's very new. You may know a little bit about us through other podcasts or The Woody Show, but we understand that some of these sports fandom 101 stuff may be unknown to you, the new listener. This is a very, this is a baby. This is an infant podcast. We hope it grows into a nice old man podcast down the line, but we want to get some of the basic generic, who we like, why we like them. We want to get you caught up to the sports side of us as a person. So we have some fandom 101 coming up. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs because guess what? The NBA playoffs will happen. There's a little regular season trunk that we got to go over and talk about, which is a little confusing. Hopefully you can understand it after we talk about it. But we got some NBA talk at the end of the episode, a good chunk of Fandom 101 where we're all going to get to know each other. But before we get going, Tyler, I want to wish you a happy anniversary. I don't know if you know exactly for what yet. Let me lay it out for you real quick, okay? All right, sounds good. Not for you necessarily, but for somebody probably pretty influential in your life, somebody who has played in, you know, just under 1,200 MLB games. Oh, I know where you're going He has going a nice, you know, 305 batting average. Nothing to show for it. He has, you know, a measly 285 home runs in his career, 752 RBIs. His current contract has him locked in for a cool, you know, $426 million. Congratulations, Tyler. On this day, it's June 9th when we're recording this in 2009. So just over nine years or just over 10 years ago, the Anaheim Angels drafted Mike Trout. After all that, three MVPs, all those games played, all that money earned and three playoff games. Congratulations, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What a use of talent. What a use of talent. Look, we're getting there. The farm system is coming along. I will say I was initially very disappointed, not with the draft pick, but more so the reasoning why we got that draft pick. We really wanted Mark to share in free agency. We had traded for him. We would hope he had st- uh, he would stay. He instead signed with the Yankees, and because he signed with them, we got a compensation pick, but that compensation pick turned into Mike Trout, so I really can't complain. I bet you he's complaining. How does it feel knowing that Mike Trout and Bartolo Colon are both in the same club? Uh, which club would that be? The World Series-less club. Cool. There you go. Hey, I'll have you know, Bartolo Colon is a legend, and he is the last Angels pitcher to win Cy Young. So you're telling me he's got a Cy Young and no World Series? Look, so he's got I'm more just saying, than, uh, Randy, Randy get out of our face. Get out of our face with that right now. And he's still in his prime. I mean, he's got, I think he's only in his late 20s. He's still in his prime. We're good. The rings are coming. They're just sizing up the fingers right now. Don't worry. I'm assuming they're coming after the Astros, after the Yankees, after the Red Sox, after. Eric, 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 you got it all wrong. They're coming after Mike Trout retires. Ah, okay. And Anthony Rendon's the solo star. Okay. All right. How nervous were you when when there was rumors that Mike Trout was going to bounce Tyler because, you know, they're not winning in Anaheim? You know, I had I had heard of said rumors, 
And if I'm going to be really blunt real quick, I was very close to being, if they don't re-sign Mike Trout, I'm done with this franchise because Artie Moreno has a thing where he makes big free agent acquisitions always on the offensive side. He never gets pitching whatsoever. That's the one thing we need. And also, this is Mike Trout. I mean, this I is one of the like best that's... offensive stars we've ever seen. If he didn't resign him, I was gonna, I was going to leave. I was done. You know, Mike Trout would look mighty fine in Dodger blue. You know, and or the, just about any other uniform. And even yeah. when they go out and get a guy who can pitch, it's a guy who could pitch and hit in the name of Shohei Otani, and he throws out his arm, and now he's basically just a busted DH for you guys. Okay, hold on. He I, had Tommy John. He say. is repaired. Once the season starts, he'll be good enough to pitch. We've already uh, discussed this. He, We're I don't. Good. I haven't seen anything about him pitching this season. Everybody knew he wasn't going to pitch last year because of to the be injury. Quite frank, he's Eric, be pitching I haven't seen anything year. regarding him playing this year either, or anyone to be for that matter. Quite frank, I haven't seen any baseball this. Very very true, okay, very true. So. Nobody's nobody's pitching right now or playing, I guess. So I guess, to be honest, if the lockout does happen, I mean, and, and that's exactly where it looks like the MLB is trending to no 2020 season because every report coming out just seems like they're getting further and further apart and they're pissing off yeah. the players. But if there's no 2020 season, Tyler, there's no 2020 season to disappoint Mike Trout. So maybe exactly. silver lining. Exactly. Silver lining. And you know what, dude? I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. Americans have had it. Remember how fun everyone uh, was or how happy everyone was? And like, oh, Korean baseball. Yay, Korean baseball. Well, Korean baseball has worn off. And people are like, look, man, where the hell's Major League Baseball? Yeah, guess what? Nobody's staying up past 10 p.m. to watch ESPN2 and the KBO and watch three ESPN broadcasters broadcast from their closet. Literally every league. Every league, and for, and for the most part, one of the leagues that even got their stuff together doesn't even have anywhere near as the, as much money as the MLB does, has already figured it out. And so you're telling me that you guys can't figure it out? Whatever. You want to take a side. You want to side the, with the players because the owners are, are, you know, slashing their pay and they're making all this money and blah, 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 whatever. Take your side, whatever. But figure it out. Both the NHL and the NBA have figured it out. They're working together. It looks like there at least is a cohesive effort to figure it out. The MLB, every time something comes out, it's just riddled by players with FU emojis. Kike Hernandez is popping off on Twitter about the value of the Cardinals or the Diamondbacks or whatever. It's like for every good report coming out of the NFL about how they're going to open up their season and open up their training facilities. Every report about the NBA taking another step to resuming, the NHL another step to resuming. It's like three more steps backwards, it feels like, for the MLB. It's disappointing. And uh, it does not look good on them. No, it doesn't. On anyone's part. Well, I said it one of the most recent podcasts. If they do not start the season by all-star break week, which is supposed to be, I believe, the first week of July, they're not going to have a season. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. It's not going to happen. It's funny. When this all started, man, it, it, we were talking about the MLB at first because they came out with the Hub City ideas. Through, they had some division alignments, and we're like, hell yeah, let's see it. We could have the first weekend, the 4th of July weekend, America's back, everything is going. And it's just fallen apart ever since we had that one podcast. We were really pumped for the baseball return. So congratulations, Tyler. June 29th, 2009, Mike Trout became an Anaheim Angel. 11 years later, fast forward, three playoff appearances, no World Series, but a hell of a lot of money. Hell yeah, it's all about the money. So we talked about it a little before we started ripping Tyler and the Anaheim Angels, which is a reoccurring theme on this podcast for anybody just getting tuned in here. So we're going to call it Fandom 101. So I shot the guys over a list of questions today. We're just going to run through them and almost get to know you icebreaker kind of setup. It'll be super easy, super laid back, not hot takey at all. Well, I mean, I guess some of your answers could be based around your own kind of hot takes around a player or a team, but we'll, we'll chat it up. We'll shoot the ish, kind of just, you know, lay back, 
have a good chat and just get to know each other. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. I'm down. I'll go first. Okay, yeah. So a little bit more about Tyler, besides him having a humongous Mike Trout boner and loving the Anaheim Angels. It actually leads into one of our first questions here on Fandom 101, which is, Tyler, just rattle off your favorite teams. So my personal favorite teams, I'm a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. Uh, Most people who know me know that. And most people who follow me on Instagram know that because I make it so painfully obvious. But I'm also a diehard Angels fan, so much so that I do have the Angels logo tattooed on my wrist. I also am a diehard Kings hockey fan. And when I do enjoy basketball, I do watch the LA Lakers for basketball. And then when it comes to college football, I will watch USC. Those are basically the teams I go hard for. See, I've always I, like I'm a big college football fan, but just the the football team, like the just the sport in general, I've never under. Maybe you guys can shed some more light on this for me. I've never really understood rooting for a, a school that's not your alma mater. Does that make sense? I mean, and that, here's the, here's the thing though. SC though, in in the area, I mean, Tyler's not in the area because he's in the OC technically, whatever. But SC is definitely a regional thing for LA. If you go to SC tailgate. You could tell 90% of the people at the SC tailgate on campus don't go to SC or have never been to SC. But if right. there hasn't been a football team for so long, they kind of were adopted. You were either SC fan or a UCLA fan, you know? Okay. So I That's feel like it was a regional thing more than a school alma mater thing. And you think about it, a lot of schools out here in SoCal don't have football teams. So it's like yeah. you go to Cal State Northridge like me, you go to SC on the weekends for tailgates. I think another thing about it, too, is with college football, at least when you're growing up, you tend to root for whoever's really good. I guess you could say that's a bandwagon yeah. type of thing, even though it's when you're growing up. No, it makes and when I was, sense. Yeah, and when I was growing up in the mid-2000s, USC was it. Yeah. They were number one. It was mm-hmm. Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, Lindale White, Pete Carroll as the head coach. They were like the talk of the nation, not just SoCal. They were the talk of the nation. Yeah, man. I remember when Vince Young beat them in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. The city took like it to heart. And you figure that's L.A. for you. You win, you win. It's what have you done for me lately? And you said, well, that was the pinnacle of sports back then because there was no professional football. Raiders were up in the Bay Area already. The Rams had been long gone. You know, there were, that was the pinnacle of football. You kind of touched on, you know, being a diehard for the Falcons. But when it comes to fandom hierarchy, okay, so let's talk the overall league in general. Are you a bigger NFL fan, bigger NHL? Let's give let's give us a give us your fandom hierarchy when you rank the leagues. Okay, so the NFL is number one, absolutely number one. There is nothing that can be done unless the NFL, of course, gets abolished. That will ever change that. Major League Baseball for me is number two. Uh, Major League Baseball is something that me and my family. That's one of the one things that all of us in general connect with. Um, and it's something I grew up on. Uh, hockey is number three. I remember when I was growing up, I used to not like hockey at all. But around the time the Kings got really good, I started paying more attention to it. And I started realizing, like, hey, this is actually really fun to watch and it's fairly easy to follow. So hockey's number three. And then the NBA, which I used to watch a lot more when I was younger, um, is number four. And that's mostly because I wasn't really a fan of the big threes and everybody joining up to play with their friends rather than competing against each other. I'm not really a fan of that kind of stuff, so I put the NBA at number four. What about your all-time favorite athlete? Do you have one guy that stood out maybe on a team? Who is your favorite all-time athlete, Tyler? Favorite all-time athlete is Deion Sanders, arguably the greatest Falcon of all time until Julio Jones or Matt Ryan retire, Um, but also because he was a two-sport athlete. I mean, there's a docu, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 out there called Deion's Double Play. This man played an NFL game 
on a Sunday afternoon, then flew up to, I believe, Pittsburgh to play in the National League Championship Series that same night. This man played two sports at the same time and was somehow able to be to do both. I don't understand how he did it. I don't know so- how someone can be physically ready to do that. You have to be a one-of-a-kind athlete to even comprehend like doing that and surviving it. It's it's absolutely amazing. I love Deion Sanders. Yeah, and that's what you said. That's the kicker there, man, is that he was legit at both of them. Like, he wasn't just some buster, you know, warming the bench over in the, in the MLB when he's playing. No, he was legit at both of them. As far as I know, he is the only person to ever play in a Super Bowl and in a World Series. Yeah, I think I saw that stat recently come out. Um, some usually around Super Bowl time. It's that's a summertime stat that will get cycled regularly. You know, when people need to fill something on their Instagram or Twitter timeline. I know people were talking about Kyler Murray possibly being able to do it. You know, he was drafted by the Oakland A's, I think ninth overall, so he wasn't going to be, you know, a bum. And now, obviously, he's a starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals and probably the linchpin for their rebuild. But you got to think that. Just the money value and the what's invested into these athletes. I don't see a team signing off on somebody ever doing that ever again. Do you? No, I don't. And you could even come out looking like Bo Jackson, who also is another great two-sport athlete, and they still won't sign off on it. There's just too much money invested now. And you got to figure, if this dude is your star player, if you lose him to another sport because of injury— your championship hopes are done. Right. So there's no way another team would sign off on that. Dude, I remember when Russell Wilson was invited just to play spring training practice. Yeah, yeah. And the Seahawks were super hesitant about signing off on it because they don't want him to get hurt. And I get that. I get that there's a lot of money. There's a lot of TV revenue. There's a lot of ad revenue. There's a lot of jersey sales uh, hyped around one player. I get that. And you, that guy gets hurt, you lose it all. Okay, Tyler, so let's put the cleats on, put the ice skates on, put the glove on, or I mean, whatever, if you want to play soccer, whatever. What sport would you play professionally if you could choose one? See, you kind of brushed on the idea a little bit, and this is the reason why I chose it. So I chose Major League Baseball, and my thinking was the contract situation is so much better as far as Major League Baseball goes. Everything is you sign for you are guaranteed that money whereas the nfl you could sign for a hundred million dollars but the odds of you seeing all 100 million are slim to none you'll probably be lucky to maybe see like 60 mil of it with major league baseball all the contracts are signed um all the contracts are guaranteed all the signing bonuses all that stuff if i sign for 300 million dollars i'm getting all 300 million dollars so that played into it plus like i said earlier baseball is just something i've grew i've grown up with i think at one point for every kid we've all thought about what it would be like to hit a home run in major league baseball or what it would be like to even rob a home run or actually pitch a strikeout on the mound stuff like that so Considering all that and considering, of course, the contract thing that I mentioned, I would choose to play Major League Baseball. All right, next question here on our Fandom 101 segment with Tyler. Your favorite championship team ever. Now, I guess I should have been a little more specific with you in this, and if you do have to change up your answer, we'll give you a second to think. This could be any team. It doesn't have to exactly be one of your favorite sports teams. Who, or which team rather, is your favorite championship team ever? I was actually thinking about this answer, and I wanted to answer this not including my favorite sports teams. Obviously, I love the Lakers, Angels, and Kings championship teams. Falcons broke my heart, but we will get there eventually. Um, So I was trying to think outside of the box with this, and I came up with my answer, and my favorite championship team ever is actually the 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks. So if you need a little bit of a history lesson on this uh, team. I'm assuming most do. I'm assuming not everybody is brushing <laughs> up on their 01 yeah. Arizona Diamondbacks facts. 
Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, arguably two of the greatest pitchers in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, they were both on the same squad. They were the number one and two pitchers of that team. Luis Gonzalez, MVP type year, hitting over 50 home runs in Arizona. But the reason why I like this team so much, not only did they have fun playing, not only were they that dominant, but they were also the team that took down the Yankees. And the Yankees at that time had won three World Series in a row, and they were going for their fourth. The Yankees had beat the Padres in 98, the Braves in 99, and the Mets in 2000. All of those series, I believe, were sweeps. So they had won 12 World Series games in a row. So the Diamondbacks come in. They take them the full seven games. And in one of the greatest moments in Major League Baseball history, there's bases loaded, bottom of the ninth. Luis Gonzalez is at the plate against arguably one of the greatest relief pitchers of all time, Mariano Rivera. And he hits a cutter just over the second baseman to land in the outfield. The winning run comes home. The World Series is over. It's one of the best things I've ever seen, and I absolutely love that team. Was that all off the top of the dome, like straight off memory? No, yeah, no cliff I, notes, I, no like, no 100% notes. One hundred percent, all memory. I have when it comes to sports, I have a weird memory bank. I remember a lot of random facts. I remember a lot of who was what. I kid you not. If you give me a Super Bowl, like say who played in Super Bowl five, I could tell you right now it was the Baltimore Colts and the Dallas Cowboys. If you tell me who played I in this year's a segment World brewing here, we might have to have a, a let's quiz Tyler <laughs> kind of thing going in a future episode. Yeah. If you give me a Major League Baseball World Series, I could probably tell you who played in that World Series and also who won like how many games. So like I said, 2001, the Diamondbacks won four games to three, won a seven-game series. I, I I know a lot of random facts like that. Why, I have no idea. I just do. No, I'm not trying to knock you for it. That's just that's really impressive to me because I know a lot of things about sports, but when it comes back to like my new details, I mix up a lot of things, and I think that might take away from my credibility in a lot of instances. So that's why I refrain from like throwing out dates and like stats like that sometimes. Okay, for example, Eric, I'm going to hurt you right now. Scott Norwood's kick was Super Bowl 25, Giants 20, Bills 19. Yeah, all right. Well, okay. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. What Super Bowl was the one that where Joe Theismann broke his leg? Joe Theismann didn't break his leg in the Super Bowl. Yeah, trick question. <laughs> Look at that, man. <laughs> Damn. Dude, honestly, we're going to have to think of how we can form that into a future game or to like stump Tyler or something like that. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Joe Theismann not only did not break his leg in the Super Bowl, he broke his leg during the regular season. I believe it was a Sunday or Monday night football game. It was against the Giants, okay, and Lawrence well, Taylor is the one that broke his leg. Not to take away from credibility, but Sunday or Monday doesn't really narrow down. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to be picky like right. that. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Go we'll, save it. we'll save it for a future one. All right. Let's go to the next one here. Moving on to what sports moment in history would you go back and change, Tyler? So there's two for this one. One of them hits uh, close to home. That is the Julian Edelman catch in Super Bowl 51 that crushed my Falcons dreams. But like I said earlier, I tried to stay away from my favorite team's uh, history. So I'm actually going to go back again to 2001. And I'm going to go, we're in New England, AFC Divisional, Raiders, Patriots, the tuck rule. The tuck rule is the dumbest play I've ever seen in football history it's one of the worst rules that was ever created it makes absolutely no sense and i think the kicker is is that rule had never been used before that moment and it wasn't used since until they took it out of the rule book it was that one instance that they used it and i still to this day don't know what made them use that rule and i don't even know who knew it it's it's crazy but that's the one play i would absolutely get rid of we don't have the tuck rule 
Tom Brady doesn't win his first Super Bowl. And who knows? Maybe the Patriots go back to using Drew Bledsoe as their quarterback. We never know. That one play changed football history for the next 20 years. All right, let's go to the next one here. Pick a team, Tyler. Any team in the sports spectrum, erase them from history. Who's it going to be? I wanted to save the 2016 Patriots for costing me my Super Bowl, but I'm actually going to fast forward one year, and the team that I would erase from history, I'm actually going to put as the 2017 Astros. Look, the cheating aspect has put such a black eye on not just Major League Baseball, but sports in general, that a team was able to get away with it and win the World Series. The last time someone cheated, quote-unquote, to win the World Series, a bunch of their players got banned. That's the 1908 uh, Chicago White Sox, where they threw a bunch of games for gambling reasons, and a bunch of those players got banned for life. Is any of that happening now? No. You can argue, okay, well, they didn't throw games for gambling reasons, but they still cheated to win a title, a title that they may have could have won on their own, and a title that if they didn't win on their own, the team who did want it, which would have been the Dodgers, they were one of the best teams that year. They absolutely deserved the shot of winning it fairly. So for that reason, I would completely wipe the 17 Astros off the face of the earth. And if you ask me, if I'm commissioner, I would put an asterisk right next to that championship and it would stay there for the rest of the time. The whole cheating scandal, yeah, you said it perfectly. A black eye on the MLB and now you got this whole 2020 season debacle, whether or not they're going to play or not, dude. The MLB is taking body blow after body blow and you got to think the Astros are were the first just punched to the face that they've never really recovered from. Tyler, would you rather hit a walk-off home run or hit a buzzer-beating three to win a game? Uh, So this one, I thought about it for a while, and I honestly settled on the walk-off home run. I feel there's just something about hitting not just a home run, but a walk-off home run. You have everyone in the stands cheering because if you're hitting a walk-off home run, it's going to be in the bottom of the ninth, which means you're at home. And there's just something about hitting it, but it's the satisfaction you feel when you just actually do the home run trot. And because the end of the game, you can do it as long as you want. You can do it as slow as you want. And then when you come home and all your teammates are right there just celebrating and you slide, you jump, you just casually walk up to home plate, however you do it, there's just something about hitting a walk-off home run that I feel is a little bit more memorable. And also from a history standpoint, walk-off home runs to end big games, I feel like those are also a little bit more memorable than buzzer-beating threes. I feel like buzzer-beating threes are maybe just a little too common. So I'm going to go with a walk-off home run. So final two question here, guys. Preferred viewing. Now this could be anywhere. At home, in arena, sports bar, man cave, outside projector, whatever. What is your preferred viewing when watching a sporting event? Uh, My preferred viewing is actually in the stadium or in the arena. If you're at home and you're watching the game in your home arena, then, you know, when you guys win, you get to celebrate with everybody. But here's the opposite side. And you go into the visiting stadium and your team is the one to actually pull off the win. There's just something about the satisfaction that you could just rub it in that entire stadium's face. And I remember doing that. 2017 NFC wildcard game is in Los Angeles at the LA Coliseum. It's Falcons Rams. I went to that game. The Falcons win. I was rubbing it in my cousin and my uncle's face (laughs) at the whole stadium, our whole section. Love it. Final question here for Tyler. Then we're going to get over to Randy's fandom one-on-one. Your must-have stadium snack or food. Nowadays, it's not really limited to, you know, your beer and peanuts. Every arena has some gourmet food. They have breweries on site in some instances. So what is your go-to snack or food when you're out and about? 
So my go-to snack, this one is actually going to be kind of oddly specific and it's nachos, but specifically the nachos that they give you at a baseball game, the ones that are in a helmet. There's just something about those. The nachos and the helmet just hit differently. I don't know what it is. And because the helmet is usually deeper, you can get more bang for your buck and then you could fill it with like carne asada, with chicken. If you just want plain nachos, they throw pico de gallo, guac, beans, they throw all that stuff in there. So baseball helmet nachos is my go-to. However, there is one thing that I do want to try. Uh, down in Arlington, Texas, uh, where the Texas Rangers play, they have this hot dog called the Boomstick that I really want to try. It's about a $26 hot dog, and this hot dog is about two feet long, and I want to <laughs> see if I can eat the whole thing. Mm. So if I ever go down to Arlington, Texas, I will be getting the Boomstick. If anyone has ever visited and tried it, please tell me how it is. Dropping a pretty penny on it, but those chicken nachos, you're right. Something about them being in a helmet, just literally everything you can imagine in a, in a thing of nachos in the helmet just makes it taste a little bit better for some reason. Yeah, I think, I don't know, it could be the fact that you're having it at the ballpark. It could be the fact that you're having it with an ice cold beer in your hand. I don't know. Like I said, the baseball helmet nachos, they just hit differently, and I don't know why. They are kind of messy sometimes, though. They are hard to eat, especially if you're sharing with somebody. Man, I and of course, whenever I do decide to get them, it's always when I'm wearing my white Dodger jerseys for some reason, and it's like, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm, I'm trying not to spill a beer that's filled to the absolute brim, and then you're walking with this mountain of nachos and chicken in this like kind of awkward helmet, dodging people. You're living life on the edge when you do get them, but it's worth every every risk. And that is exactly the reason why I will always buy an away jersey so the white pristine does not get ruined. Dude, I've really fallen into a, a admiration of white jerseys recently. I was really into the dark ones when I was younger. You know, the blacks, you know, the darks. But there's something about the white jerseys as an adult. They just kind of pop a little more. And I just really have fallen for them recently. My favorite jersey right now at the moment that I wear is my white Miami Vice Dwayne Wade jersey. Typical LA douchebag jersey to wear. But dude, there's something about the white crispness of of an NBA jersey that just, oh, I love it so much. I think that was pretty good. I mean, we're all pretty well thought out answers. Um, Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Randy. No pressure, man. If anything Tyler just said stood out to you, you want to reach back, you want to chat it up about uh, Arizona Diamondbacks stats or something from way back in the day, where can they find you on the on the Instagram or Twitter, Tyler? You can find me uh, at both Twitter and Instagram at Tyler the Board Op. No spaces, spelled exactly like it sounds. Go chat it up about just random ass Super Bowl factoids with Tyler on on the social media machine. All right, let's get to Randy's portion of Fandom One Hundred and One. Here, it's kind of we're gonna run through the same questions, Randy. So you kind of had a a chance to think about them a little bit more. That way, you don't sound yeah. stupid compared to Tyler, which is never a good thing. <sighs> Rattle off your favorite teams. Um, so I'll start off with basketball. I've always been a big fan of the Flint Tropics. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Stupid. Dude, uh, back to the jerseys, though. Flint Tropics white jersey, very, very appealing. I've, I've tried to buy the, them, haven't pulled the trigger, though. The best. Um, oh, yeah, the Charleston Chiefs. My favorite sports team starting from hockey. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks, always been a Ducks fan. The Green Bay Packers, the LA Dodgers, and then for basketball, I've always been a hardcore Milwaukee Bucks fan. Really? A Milwaukee Bucks fan? Like, yeah. like legitimately, a, oh, I guess, since, I guess you're a Packers yeah. fan. I can kind of see the connection there. Was that because so around, around the time, yeah, around the time I got really committed to the Packers, I decided, you know what? I haven't, I've never really followed basketball that much. Let me get a, let me, let me start rooting for the Bucks. Cause and my, my logic behind it was one day the Bucks will be good. So as long as I hop on the train now when it they're garbage, off. it did pay off. I was a fan back when they had a uh, Michael red, uh, Andrew Bogut, Monta Ellis, Brandon Jennings, the I don't want to use quote unquote good old days, but those days of yore. And so, yeah, man, I've been I've, those are my teams. I've been Ducks fan, Dodgers fan, uh, Packers, and Bucks. I have a Giannis Antetokounmpo jersey in my 
closet right now that I wear also pretty frequently because I like the color combination. It's clean. It's very, beautiful. very clean. Fear the deer one. Very, very nice. Fear the deer. From one to four, your favorites, your least favorite sports leagues. NFL number one, NHL number two, MLB number three, and NBA number four. So your all-time favorite athlete, Randy. My all-time favorite athlete, Timo Solani. Timo Solani mm. has always been just one of my go-to guys when it comes to uh, watching hockey, learning about hockey. I learned about him before I learned the entire sport as a whole. And he was always just a role model. You know, he was a good player. You could tell his teammates liked him. You could tell he was good at what he did, finished flash. And uh, he has a pretty kick-ass steakhouse in Orange County. So, Team Mussolini. What a nickname, the Finnish Flash, dude. I know, right? All right, Randy, next question. What sport would you play professionally if you could play any sport in the world? NHL. And uh, the reason why I say that is because as far as like, okay, let me let me rephrase that. Being an NHL player, that's good. Not a journeyman, not <laughs> someone who gets passed around, not some guy who's a third liner. I'm talking about like the face of your team, first line, center, captain of an NHL hockey team. For some reason, there's nothing more poetic for me than a, a guy who snipes a goal during a crucial moment and the arena just goes crazy, you know, like all the eyes are on him, you know, there's, there's just something special about a hockey goal. Big time goals in the playoffs for hockey, I think don't have any comparison. Hockey playoffs to me are, there's nothing that compares to it. Maybe March yeah. Madness kind of close to it, but especially if you're in like an OT and you get a game winner, winning the Stanley Cup in general, but then scoring like the, an OT winner to, to walk it off basically. Plus, because also because NHL (laughs) NHL is so the like the arenas, although they sit like what thirty thousand thirty thousand or so, that's still pretty intimate in 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 regards to like you know professional sports. Dodger baseball averages like seventy five thousand a game. The the Ducks Honda Center, the Staples Center, they max out like what maybe low Mm thirties. That alone, that just the roar of that because everyone's so close to each other. They're on top. You just hear it echo. Hockey games, man, you never know when the goal's coming. So literally, yeah. you got a guy coming across the blue line and your butthole tightens up because you're just nervous there in your zone, dude. It's it's nuts. Or like the Anaheim Ducks against the Devils, man. Somebody clears it the length of the ice. The goalie drops a stick and it finds its way in the back of the net like Martin Brodeur. You never know when it's going to happen. And I think that's the lore of, of the NHL playoffs. It's just... Come back on Catella. Edmonton Oilers versus the Ducks. The Oilers are up three to nothing. I think it was game, game three of the... First round, the 2017 Stanley mm-hmm. Cup Finals. Three goals in a row. Three goals. One to send to overtime, and then Corey Perry with the game winner. That alone is just bananas. It's insane. And the the thing for me is I often fantasize about what it'd be like to just be a hockey player. You know, like you're a pro. You play a game, and then you just go home. I'm going to go relax. The right. only thing on my mind right now is just chilling out. And I feel like with hockey players, they're professional players. They're pros, and they're admired. But it's not to the level as the NFL or the NBA is where a hockey They're player can bugged. go eat. Exactly. Like people always talk about how the Anaheim Ducks after games, they go eat at Sharky's. You yeah. know, like they unless just go out Toronto, and they just chill out. You know, unless you're in Toronto, Boston. But then even that, I feel like hockey fans have a little more respect where they're not going to come impress you. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not. The, the fandom is there and you will get the, the rabid fans. But. They're not going to, you know, press you while you're out at thing because hockey players, they do have that kind of just like, dude, I'm just a dude who's a good at really good at hockey and can fire a puck. Exactly. All right. So next question, Randy, which team is your favorite championship team ever? The 2019 St. Louis Blues. Really? Yeah. Gloria, the chinchilla. Everything about it was just shout out Barstool, shout out to Barstool and the chinchilla. Everything was just, I just loved it. You know, I I have, I've never been to St. Louis and yet somehow I hold like a, 
I I just hold this love for St. Louis and admiration of them. I do like the turnaround story seems, aspect of it. You know, they were in dead last in, in January, I think it was, or like December 19th, some crazy midway point of the season. And they flipped the script and they're lifting the Stanley Cup just, what, four or five months later? It, it was really kind of a racks to riches kind of deal. And I read an article that pretty much the coach said, yo, this is like we're not going to go and sell at the deadline because we know we have the team. And dude, you put you put faith in your players like that, you see what can happen. And even look at it now. They're number one in their in their division in their league. Like the, the skill was there. All it just all it took was just the the right pieces and and the proper faith in the in the organization and its players. Plus, it, it, it also has one of those number one things I love about a good hockey team story. A goalie who won the ch- who won the cup for them, who wasn't the starting goalie to begin the year. Jordan Binnington, yeah. So like stuff like that, like always, always excites me. It pumps me up. It gets me happy for them. And St. Louis deserved it. You know, they got, they got dicked over with, with the NFL. They were overdue for a Stanley cup. Yeah. That's the best way to put Drunk, it. And Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon, one of my favorite Pat guys. Maroon's a good guy. Drunk Brett Hole throughout the whole celebration week was, oh, a, just, a, right. was just a class act. I love him, man. Sometimes you have, you have cities where, yeah, they got a team, but the fandom isn't quite all there for all the sports. But St. Louis is like the love for the blues is there. The love mm-hmm. for the Cardinals is there, except for here. Uh, and the love for the, what used to be the Rams is there too. You know, so the, there's, uh, there's always a, a, a pl- even the, uh, the battle Hawks for the XFL. There was so much love for the Battlehawks. So let's go back in time. Fire up the DeLorean, Randy. What sports moment would you go back and change in history? Um, I would go back to somehow change my person. Like I'd be in a different body and be old enough to be a coach and somehow make my way onto the Packers coaching staff and prevent Brandon Bostick from ever going <laughs> onto the field for the onside kick. That play alone resonates in my mind as one of my top five, not even top five, top three worst moments of life ever. Like not even sports moments, just of life in general. It was just for some reason that scenario that losing the kick and then and then having that Russell Wilson throw that perfect bomb and and to win the game, it just devastated me. Russell Wilson. It just ruined my year. It didn't ruin my day. It ruined my year. It's like everything bad that could have gone bad happened because the one thing, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're a sports fan, you get it, you understand. And, uh, but there's something so deflating about your team losing in the playoffs in a heartbreaking way because football is such an investing sport. It's, it's a year process. You go week by week, and you're you're watching your team do its thing, and then somehow, some way, something chokes, something happens. Somehow it's devastating. Deshaun Watson man. stays up when he should be sacked, and he throws a dart. And oh yeah, they kick a game-winning field oh, yeah. goal and old T for your first. You know, you, yeah, I, I feel that's you. Why, that's why. That's why. That's why I'd much rather just have my team get blown out than lose in a heartbreaker. Ooh, you're like one that. of those guys, huh? Because if my team gets blown out, then at least I'm going to turn off the TV early and have time to just regroup. See, man, I'm a, you know? I'm a. I feel that too. Like I, I've definitely had that thought where don't stream me along, just put me out of my misery. But I'm also, I can't turn it off at that point. Like I just sit there and suffer because I have in the back of my mind the what if. That's why I don't leave games early ever. My team could be getting their asses beat and I won't leave because in the back of my mind, I don't want to be the Miami Heat fans. You know, I don't want to be the guy that left and you missed the comeback. So my thing is when they get blown out early, I sit there and I suffer so it's like almost like okay, just keep me a glimmer of hope at least a little bit to keep me entertained. So I'm not don't want to kill myself the entire duration right. of the movie. Or I mean, don't get game, me wrong. I, if I'm at a game, I'm not going to leave. I mean, the Packers got absolutely violated by the Chargers earlier this year, and I stayed for that entire debacle. But 
it's just one of those things where it's just, it's so deflating. You had your hopes and aspirations up and then something goes south. And then suddenly it's like your will to live and all your joy and happiness just gets sucked out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. So Great. let's, all right. Next one. Get out the eraser and erase one team from sports history. Uh, the 2014 Anaheim Ducks. You know, the, that was, there was, that was the peak of the ducks are good enough to win the cup and get something happened again. And it's just, I was just oh, sick of it. Something happened. All right. I, I, I was <laughs> sick of it. I, I, I had enough. I was so mad. I was so upset. Timu Solani gives you easily two decades of his life dedicated to the, to Anaheim. And don't get me wrong. I love the ducks. Wonderful organization. I'll ride to the end, but six to two. The Kings really, put him man? in his grave, bro. They 62? not only they put him in his grave and then threw cement over it and then wrote Solani sucks and the Ducks blow on like, top of it. Like, like that's the difference between Timu having the puck of his final game framed in his house and then having it buried somewhere in the garage. Oh, where is like, that? Oh, it's 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 a uh, paperweight in my in the, yeah. in the nursery. <laughs> it's it's uh it's 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 somewhere. You know, then when his grandkids ask him, so how was the final game? Oh, it was okay. It was game. You know, that's a good salon impression. He's not going to talk about how, oh, it was a memorable time going out with my boys. It was just, it was just, I saw, I saw, I played and I say goodbye to Jiggy, to Getsy and my Yofa helmet. You know, it's just one of those moments where it's just, you, 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 you look back and you're like, you know what? F you, man. This was the time when the Ducks were supposed to always be just that much better. We got Kessler. We got we, we got all these extra level components. Everything's supposed to click. We're supposed to have it figured out. You know, every year we make it to the, we, we almost make it to the, the Western Conference Finals or right before that, and something goes wrong. Game sevens, man. The, you guys had a game seven kryptonite bug for a little bit. Absolute garbage. I would erase that team from the face of the earth, and I would make Getsy, I would make Getsy, I would make Solani come back. For one final year. Would you rather hear, Randy, walk off home run or buzzer beating three? Walk off home run. I remember the first time I ever saw walk off home run. It was the, ah, damn, I forgot the year. I think it was Ethier or it might have been Russell Martin. Ethier, okay. Yeah, or Russell, Russell Martin, Martin round one. Dude, that's either way, that's old school. <laughs> Dodgers, Pirates, maybe 06, 07. I don't know. Uh, late night, very late night. And I turned on the TV after, and I was like, I wonder if anything's on. And it was that time of the night where, if anything's on live, you're surprised because at this point it's like Nick at night and all the yeah. other throwaway syndication shows that are on. And I saw that the Dodgers are playing and I was like, the Dodgers are playing. How are they still playing? And it was like the bottom of the 13th to the 14th. And this is right when I started, I first started learning about baseball. So I was sort of like, Oh my God, it, they, they made it past the ninth, the ninth inning. What's going on. And then you could tell the fans were getting tired. Everyone was getting tuckered out. Vince Scully on the call. Just it's late at night. And yet, even though that, that man's older than dirt and older than the sport of baseball, he still has enough effort and he's putting all, he's putting his all into those calls and then a walk off home run. And this is back when FSN used to have like that really cool uh, sound effects. Whenever you would hit a, whenever somebody would score, yeah. it'd be like those beepings like beep, beep, beep. And then you can see like the points transforming. And I thought that was the dopest transition ever of just the home run late at night, Dodgers winning. And I thought that was just, that was just so cool. Walk off home run. If you had one choice, where would you like to watch a sports game? Um, I bounce back and forth. So on one hand, I do appreciate watching Packers games by myself when no one's bugging me. And so if I get mad, I don't have to like look at them and then find another reason to get mad. Like, why are you on your phone? Watch the game. Or like just them trying to talk to me when I'm trying to figure out what Aaron Rodgers is going to do or in true Ducks fashion, we're down five to two in the third period and we're probably going to lose. And there goes another season of me getting my hopes up. But 
Uh, I, I think for the most part, I enjoy being in arena. Like this year was my first time going to an NFL game where my team was playing. Obviously they lost, they got shellacked, but um, nothing I love more than going to the Honda center and watching a ducks game and just hearing Pennywise off the, on the speakers, all the fans getting crazy and it's just an all around good time. So I, I really don't think anything comes close to uh to a stadium, man. Just still so bitter that bro. Him is the ducks goal song. Just so bitter by it, man. Cause I can't just, hear the uh, song and not think ducks scored right at the beginning of it. Your go-to sports snack, my go-to sports snack pancakes. I didn't, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Nothing like well, slapping I, up some butter and some <laughs> syrup while I'm watching a Dodger game at Dodger stadium. You know, kind of like the nachos, the fries. I, I love I love the the nacho fries. Mm, okay. So not necessarily like the cheese on it, but the carne asada, fries, the yeah. salsa, all that stuff. Like that that alone, just ah, oh, I love it. And it's it's kind of like when you drink a beer at the bar or at a restaurant. Nothing your beer at home never just tastes tasted, as crisp. It just tastes something about it. Just when you're do, eating yeah. it at a ballpark or something, it just tastes better. It just tastes better, man. There's something about it. It's like your mind r- reminds you, hey, man, you spent $25 on this helmet full of nacho cheese. <laughs> yes, this crap better taste good. So maybe it's a maybe it's a placebo thing. Who knows? All right. If you want to powwow with Randy on social media, on the Twitter machine or Instagram, what are your uh, handles, Randy? So I actually just recently changed my handle like earlier today. It's uh, it's now Falcon suck forever. <laughs> underscore. I was like, dude, again, ever. you're going to get so oh, much oh, crap God. from everybody. <laughs> I'm at a hey, it's Randall. So hey. It's Randall, and that's Randall with one L at the end. Get in there. Talk Jordan Love with Randy. All right, All guys. Right. Who wants to read for me? Just re- We're just going to run through them quickly. Um, I've always thought who, Tyler who has, been, a, who has a reading level above second grade? I, I've always thought what? Tyler's excellent at reading, so I'm going to Tyler take it. Go I was going to say, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. So. Okay, Randy's going to go play some video games and half-ass listen. <laughs> All right. Eric, let's, uh, let's go ahead and start with you. So, Eric, why don't you go ahead and list off your favorite teams for us? So, my favorite teams, I'm a Los Angeles Kings fan, a Buffalo Bills fan, and a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. I'm a half-ass Pelicans fan um, because I worked in Fox Sports Radio and I needed an NBA team, and I liked Anthony Davis. But guess who's not on the Pelicans anymore? Anthony Davis. So I'm kind of a Lakers fan by association. I was a really big Lakers hater growing up just because I was the against the grain kid. So I'm like kind of half and half. I mean, NBA is my, we'll get to it later, kind of down on my rankings. But Pelicans, Lakers, eh, you know, flip floppy. I like NBA jerseys. I'll go, I'll give you that. Okay, shout out okay. to Miami Heat. Shout out to Miami Heat. Yeah. So here's a funny thing, guys. I talk about my jerseys. I got a LeBron James Cavaliers jersey. Now the Lakers. Got an Anthony Javis Pelicans jersey. Tyrod Taylor Bills jersey. Now on the Chargers. Can you see why I hate buying jerseys sometimes? Hey, man, see, that's why that my rule insurance. when it comes to Charger, uh, Chargers, my rule when it comes to jerseys, it's legacy jerseys, man. Guess what I found? I found a Sammy Watkins jersey at my mom's house over the weekend. We have so many Bills jerseys and not a single active player. LaShawn McCoy, Sammy Watkins, Brian Mormon, Marshawn Lynch, uh, James Hardy. Dude, we have so many former Bills players when they were the guy and they're all gone or retired. And none yeah, of them retired gotta- with the Bills. You got to get yourself one of them legends jerseys. Dog. You got to get like a Jim Kelly or an. Uh, we have, well, we do. We have the Jim oh, Kellys. Dude, you obviously, need a, you need a Jim Kelly jersey. I, we, my From my mom, my mom has Jim a Jim Kelly. Kelly jersey, but dude, I'm I'm close to pulling the trigger on a Josh Allen jersey. But if I do, he'll probably be traded next season. So, okay, moving on. Let's go ahead. Give us your fandom hierarchy. Rank the leagues of you know worst to best or favorite to. For the Whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm an NHL fan through and through. Oh I played God. hockey my entire life, was skating, playing roller hockey by like five years old. So NHL, 
NFL, MLB, and NBA, like I just went over. So um, played baseball my whole life, kind of crapped out because I went to high school without a sports program, so that kind of fell to the back burner. But I have a really deep love for the Dodgers. Bills run through my blood, but I'm a hockey fan through and through. I will say one thing that I, I, I've also taken away that I didn't touch on when I said my leagues. I wish I liked the NBA more. Like the NBA, when, you, when to, I go on... There's a lot that just pulls you away from it. I feel you, man. I try yeah. to sometimes, but there's I a lot that's just so tough to watch. Hard. It's hard to watch. A lot of NBA players are pussies, man. They bitch and moan a lot. I wish I liked Jordans. I wish I looked good in Jordans. I wish I, you know, just all of it, all of it just... They exhaust me, NBA Twitter, a lot. Because they're, they're constant era talk and their constant MJ or LeBron oh, yeah. talk, shoving it down your throat. That's what gets me, dude. I hate the stacking people up to people of the past, and it might be my hockey in me, but like nobody would ever say, oh, I'm better than Gretzky. Nobody's ever trying to compare themselves to Gordie Howe. Nobody's ever trying to say, oh, I'm better than Mario Lemieux, or we would have done way better in the 90s. It's just the right. constant like propping it up and the era versus era stuff, because guess what? You're never going to know. You know, it's annoying yeah. to me. You're never going to know. That's the NBA Twitter can be exhausting to me sometimes. It's like, bro, shut up and just enjoy the game on the TV. Totally agree with that. Plus, I said, you know, the whole players wanting to play with their friends thing instead of yeah. against each other. There's it's, a lot of there's things. No competition. Yeah, there's a lot of things, man. That just it makes it tough to root for the NBA sometimes. I try. I really yeah. do sometimes. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'll tell you what you can root for. Why don't you give us your all-time favorite athlete? We touched a little bit on Jim Kelly. He's the Bills legend. Uh, got them to the four Super Bowls. Lost all four of them. I have a little more personal connection with him. He battled cancer. Won. Uh, lost my dad to cancer. He's a he's a fighter. He's still on the field, even through these times where he fought cancer and won. He's still on the field on Sundays when it's cold. He travels with them. He's a great ambassador for Buffalo. Jim Kelly is my guy. I love Jim Kelly. All right. You know, Jim Kelly is, you know, the, the fact. What fact do you the, got? He's the greatest Bill of all time. Also, fun fact, did play for the USFL before he went to the NFL. There you go. Factoids, yeah, factoids with Tyler. Factoids with Tyler. All right, cool, man. So what sport would you play professionally? I mean, it's probably pretty obvious after this NHL love fest for the first couple minutes of my section here, but I would love to be an NHL player. Randy touched on it. There's... NHL playoffs, the game, the flow, this, there's so much to like about it. I think it's the most viewer-friendly sport outside of maybe the NFL. But even when you get into the arena, there's nothing like seeing it live. NFL is choppy live. MLB, a lot of downtime live. NBA, choppy. NHL, I think, is the one sport that it is better live. I love it. I've played it my whole life. NHL players are badass, dude. Nobody messes with NHL players. Let me ask you, what position in the NHL are you thinking? I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I've I played every position pretty much. I started off a wing. I played a little center. I wasn't that good at center. I ended playing defense because my team needed defensemen throughout college. Um, probably left wing on my offside. Shoot far glove, barred down every time off wing. All right, you heard it here first, people. Eric out here trying to be the greatest left wing of all time. <laughs> Luke Robitaille right, coming for his spot in the Kings rankings. <laughs> all right eric what are your favorite championship team ever so i was debating a little bit on this I, I wasn't sure if i wanted to go with my favorite teams you know the kings being obviously they have their two cup wins there was a couple other pulling up my heartstrings a little bit when it comes to hockey it's going to be a hockey team stanley cup again the more with the love fest stanley cup is a trophy like none other you get all the names etched on passed on from team to team generation to generations They've literally held the same same trophy as you at that moment, which is insane to think about the history of that. There was a couple heartstring pulling moments that may have 
pulled me away from it. Ray Bork, actually, there was an anniversary that just passed. Oh, yeah. 22 year career. He won it the 22nd year, retired after it. Like, that's the walk off into the sunset moment you want. As a kid watching that, I'm like, you see it and you understand, like, dude, this is what sports is about. You move, you win, you want that. And then the second one, not as touching as Ray Bork, obviously. Alexander Ovechkin winning his, his anniversary of his first cup win, hopefully not his only, was just recently too. And that was a big moment for me. I've always been a Ovechkin apologist. And seeing him, you see his eyes and it's just like, dude, he looks like he wants to make love to the damn Stanley Cup. But the 2014 Los Angeles King Stanley Cup, man, it was a damn roller coaster. Sorry, Randy. He touched on a little bit. They put Tamu Solani into the grave, beat the Ducks in seven. They beat the Sharks in the reverse sweep in round one. They beat the Ducks, Game 7, blowout. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks in overtime, all on the road, all in seven games. They go on to win the Stanley Cup for the second time in three years. It was the peak of Kings hockey, the peak of sports fandom for my life. The only thing that's gotten even close to rivaling it has been the Dodgers of late. But guess what? They haven't won a damn World Series to even be in this consideration. So the 2014 Los Angeles Kings is my favorite sports championship team ever. Yeah, I like that answer. That was a three straight game sevens just to reach the cup in three, general. Dude, that was a roller coaster of a, of a playoffs. Like the when they won in twenty twelve, you, your first one's always memorable, obviously. But they went up three zero every series. They were never really like on the brink of elimination, dude. They were in zero and three against the Sharks to open the playoffs, and they reverse swept them. And then you go seven against the Ducks and the Blackhawks, and win all three oh, no. game sevens on the road. Against those, that was like the pinnacle of hockey back then. Those were some big boy teams. And then you go on and lift the cup against the Rangers. It was just, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Good memories, good teams. But let's look back at potentially a bad memory. What is the one sports moment that you would go back and change? All right, guys. I'm going back to 1999. Let's see if Tyler can ruffle through his sports memory log. I know, I know what he's he talking knows. about. 1999, 1999, Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres, Brett Hull oh, scores yeah, a goal in triple overtime of game six in the Stanley Cup playoffs. His foot was in the crease back then. You could not do that. They celebrate. Lindy Ruff comes back out on the ice. He says he wants it reviewed. He wants it challenged. The NHL says later they released a memo saying that they weren't... They released a memo. I, I don't want to get into conspiracy, but they pretty much released a memo that nobody actually ever saw saying that there was an amendment to the rule that he was the first possession and the puck was in the crease and then he goes into the crease. Conspiracy theory stuff. If I could go back, change up a moment. Brett Hull, 1999. And this isn't even to win the cup. This would have just been to get a chance to get to a game seven still. It was a triple OT game. And to have your heart ripped out and later down the line, the NHL just to be like, yeah, we messed up. And even the players to be like, yeah, we messed up. It's just like, it's dumbfounding. And then it's, uh, yeah, dude, Buffalo sports, man. God dang it. I'm pretty sure Buffalo's cursed. I'm not sure what they did dude. exactly, but Buffalo's definitely cursed. Man, and it's, we're going to go being... back to the Sabres too in another question. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> what they get for being named after chicken wings. Triple OT, bro. Triple OT. Foot was in the crease. And they, they were talking about how it's like, they didn't want to go back out because they, did, they didn't review the goal for some reason. They didn't review the goal. Yeah, so it's Buffalo heartbreak, dude. You're seeing a theme here. L.A. love and Buffalo heartbreak is in my blood. Foot in the crease. All right, all right. In the crease, a moment you would uh, definitely like to erase from history. So speaking on that, is there a team you would like to erase from yep. history? Back to let's get the Sabres a damn Stanley Cup win. The 2007 Ottawa Senators beat the Buffalo Sabres in the Eastern Conference Finals. That was one of the best teams they've ever had. That was going to be one of their shots. They're real contender. And the Ottawa Senators got in the way of the Buffalo Sabres playing Randy's Anaheim Ducks 
2007 when the Ducks actually win their first cup in franchise history in California history, whatever. It's not even a moment that would have solidified a Buffalo Sabres Stanley Cup win, just like the the moment I wanted to go back and change. I just want the chance for them to win the damn cup, dude. And the yeah. Senators got in the way. I was so jazzed. I was pumped on the possibility of going to an Anaheim Ducks game in Anaheim and watching the Sabres and them play each other. But Daniel Alfredson got in the way, beat the Sabres in OT, I think, in like game five or six. Who the hell cares? F the 2006-2007 Ottawa Senators. Goodbye. Sabres get to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I get a chance to watch them in a Stanley Cup Finals game. That brings me to my next question, though. Would you rather hit a walk-off home run or a buzzer beater three? So I'm going to go buzzer beater three. I know you guys went walk-off home run. I love the pop of the bat. I love the crowd. But I love the holding the breath of a buzzer beating three because there's that extra little moment where you don't know if it's going in the bucket or not. So you got to kind of hold your breath. I have flashbacks to thinking about most recently Kawhi Leonard's buzzer beater to beat the Philadelphia 76ers to go to the NBA Finals last year. When you hit a walk-off home run, you for the most part, you know it's gone. You could tell by how it, the pop, you could tell by the trajectory, and it's a reaction. I love the holding the breath. I love the moment of just, is it in? And then when it drops, it's total pandemonium. I love the instant celebration on the court. I think of Damian Lillard. The home run shot's awesome, but I just love the instance, the instantaneousness of a buzzer beater and the celebration that's surrounding it. All right, all right. I actually like that answer. That's a really good one. Oh, well, thank you. So if you had to uh, witness the buzzer beater three, though, how would you prefer to do it? Would you rather do it at home in a sports bar or in the arena? Being that we all picked the arena, I feel like this is a stupid question because I'm going to pick the arena too now. Um, but <laughs> I guess, I mean, for obvious reasons, being there, being with her friends, but I guess if the arena wasn't in the scenario, I guess I should have put that little caveat to make it a little harder. I love going to sports bars. Sports bars, again, you're kind of with your crowd. Um, or hosting, hosting's fun. Anything with as many sports fans or similar sports fans as I could be with. I don't like being the watching alone guy. I like to interact with people. I like to interact, scream, have them scream at me. Everybody scream at each other. I like crowds at least. If you're in the arena, you're with the crowds. You're all cheering and all that and whatnot. What's uh, what's your uh, go-to uh, from the snack bar, man? What are you getting? I'm a hot dog dude. I love getting the hot dogs. I love going to Dodgers probably because of being a Dodger fan and growing up on the Dodger dog. Even though sometimes they're not even that great, I love hot dogs at games. Kings games, I don't even get food at the game usually. I'll drink my beer and I'll get a street dog from a vendor outside of the game. I love hot dogs. It's just something about it. It's just the mobility of it. Nothing screams sporting event like a hot dog to me. Don't forget the $26 boomstick in Texas. We will go. try it. All right, sweet. Thanks, Tyler. You actually, you aced your reading test, I feel. You, I, oh, thank I, you. I could feel you trying to go a little off the cusp, you know, be a little conversational. You might have a little hosting future in you, maybe. I don't know. Hey, man, I like talking. You know, let's just, let's explore each other's brains and all that. That sounded well, okay. much weirder than I intended. Yeah, there you go. See, you give them a little leash and they say something stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, and then you guys can reach me on Instagram at eSoundWave or Twitter underscore Roberts11. Uh, if you want to cry over Buffalo sports with me, trust me, I do it a lot. There's not much to be happy about Buffalo sports. But if you're a Kings fan, let's go be happy and rub it in Randy's face a little bit more. Team Usulani was put to rest by the Kings. All right, guys, so we touched on a little bit to start off the podcast. The NBA is going to be returning. They've uh, kind of solidified something not exactly like the NHL is doing. The NHL is going straight to the playoffs. The NHL has, is going to their kind of, you know, uh, first-round buy scenario where they got their 24 teams already set, and it's going to be a cool little bracket setup. But the NBA is doing something a little different. They got 22 teams coming to Orlando where they're going to be finishing out their season, and they have a little bit of a play-in tournament going on. Some of the teams are throwing a bitch fit about, you know, being on the bubble, being close, and they, they felt outed in a way. So how this looks in the Western Conference in a way, the Memphis Grizzlies were in 8th place, and the Dallas Mavericks just above them were in 7th. 
the teams behind the Memphis Grizzlies that are going to be in the play-in mode in the NBA are the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. And these are all teams that are going to be kind of in that bubble phase, could be play their way in and could play their way out of the playoffs because they were all within six games of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Now, in the Eastern Conference, it's not as wide open. There's three teams on the bubble, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. The Orlando Magic is that that sweet spot, that eight, which means the Brooklyn Nets and the Washington Wizards were within six games of the Magic on both ends. A lot of numbers. I hope everybody kind of kept up. You guys kind of got the idea of what I was saying, I hope. So, during this playing time, the teams that are locked in in a playoff spot will be playing. They will be playing these regular season kind of hybrid games also. Um, for mm-hmm. seeding purposes, so but they can't right. fall out. So if you're one through six, you're in, but they're still counting towards where your final seed will be once the playoffs start, all right? So only teams I mentioned have the possibility of falling out of or playing their way in to the final two playoff spots, all right, guys? So all that lead up, all that numbers jargon was to get to this one story. I'm sorry if it was hard to listen to. There's some conspiracy theories that the NBA was kind of doing these weird um, play-in scenarios in order to get Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans into the playoffs, right? A lot of people are saying, mm-hmm. why don't we just go straight into the playoffs? That would be the easiest way. Some people are spinning this new format as a way. Well, they need tune-up games, give them some regular season games, and allow these teams, like the Trailblazers, who were only a couple games back from the Grizzlies, a chance to play their way into the playoffs, right? So it's kind of a middle ground for everybody involved. I'm giving you the ability to play out this conspiracy theory, all right? So let's say okay. let's say the NBA was doing this in order to get Zion Williamson a chance to play his way into the playoffs. If there was a team in these little bubble teams that I rattled off, and I'll give you to you again in each conference, if there was a team that you could just say, they're the team to play their way in, they get in, they, they have the spot. For whatever reason, you could say you like the jerseys like me. Who is the team and why? So in the Western Conference, guys, you have the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns all playing for the final two, the number seven and eight seed in the Western Conference. If you could put one team in the playoffs for sure of those bubble teams, who's it going to be and why? Ideally, I would love the Trailblazers to make it in just because I'm petty and I know they're the only team that voted against this format. But uh, ideally, I'd like the Grizzlies. I'm a big, I'm a big John ja Morant fan. I enjoy his gameplay. I think he's sick, and there, and I feel like with him being in the picture, they really have revolutionized the entire organization. They got cooler jerseys. There's more hype behind the team. The team is younger. The team is uh, faster. So I would love to see the Grizzlies in there because I really do think John ja Morant's definitely the big star of the future. What about you, Tyler? Who are you locking into a playoff spot in the Western Conference? So I have one of two teams that I would love to see, uh, and neither one of them are the Memphis Grizzlies. The first one is the. Phoenix Suns, just because we are long overdue for seeing Devin Booker in the playoffs. He's a really special kid. He's still young. He's one of the best players in the league. I really want to see what he can do when it comes to postseason basketball. And they have a nice little core around them. They still have DeAndre Ayton. He's another up-and-coming player. So we'll see what Phoenix can do if they can get in. And the other team, this team is also really young. I also really like their head coach. I would love to see the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. I love Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox as a combo. I love Luke Walton as a head coach. I think they can make some noise if they can get in. I was kind of leaning towards the Portland Trailblazers. I like to see Damian Lillard with the chance in prime time. The dude is clutch when he needs to be. He's a he's one of the top players in the NBA. 
but I'm a half-assed New Orleans Pelicans fan. I would love to see Zion Williamson with the chance just to throw a wrench into somebody's playoff wishes. Dude, Drew Holiday's not a bum. They have J.J. Reddick who could shoot. Zion Williamson is a stud. He's playing well. I would love to see the Pelicans and Zion Williamson just to give, you know, maybe cause the number one or the number two seed just a little little headache. Maybe make them sweat during a game or two. Eastern Conference, guys, a little easier to break down. Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, Washington Wizards. Three teams, two spots. Who do you want in? Lock in one team for sure. I'll start off with the Brooklyn Nets. I think D'Angelo Russell has, he's evolved into just a stud shooter and a great player in this league. He kind of got the short end of the stick in, in Los Angeles. And this kind of goes back to my Lakers haters blood deep in me. It's always fun to see a former Laker who has run out of town succeed and kind of throw a little salt in the wounds in Lakers fans faces. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite of that. I'm actually going to go with the Orlando Magic. I don't know. There's just something about the Magic I've always kind of liked. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Plus, I really like Aaron Gordon as a player as a whole. My man was robbed of two slam dunk championships, let it be known here. Um, But no, I I really like the Magic. I mean, they're, they're a team that has always either been really good or really bad and this one time they happen to be kind of in the middle so i mean let's let's see what they can do let's see what aaron gordon can do in the playoffs you know maybe he can make some noise before his free agency hits i don't know we'll, we'll see what happens i'm definitely gonna have to agree with uh, eric here i i want the nets you know already kevin durant says regardless of how the year goes he's not coming back so that's a bit of a bummer but uh, to see them succeed would be nice, you know, because the for the longest time, the Nets have this, they've been on the cusp of it. They've been almost quite there, but they've never been able to reach it. I, I would also like the Nets to succeed without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing and then them to come back and just kind of be a little little crappier than people thought they'd be. That would just be fun for me to see yeah. to unfold. Sweet. So that's it. I think we've hit enough. I think we've learned a lot about each other. Hopefully everybody listening learned a lot about us in this first round of Fandom 101. I think it went pretty well. We learned that Tyler has a little bit of Rain Man sports fact brain. I don't know what's going on there. A little goodwill hunting of sports facts. Um, Randy, Timuslani can... Uh, no, I'm not even going to trash Tim Wasson anymore. He was a good guy. Real quick, before we get out of here, let's rattle off those social media handles one more time. I am at eSoundWave. Of course, go follow at Tailgater Sports on Instagram. We have fun little clips where you can weigh in on some of our discussions. There's fun memes, funny videos. Go follow it at Tailgater Sports. Also, if you're in the given mood, maybe drop a review wherever you are listening to this. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like about the episode. Tell us what you don't like. Just leave us a review. We'll love to read it, but only if it's five stars. Just kidding. Randy, <laughs> Randy what's your Instagram again for the people? You can find me at Hey It's Randall. That's Randall with one L. Tyler? Uh, you can find me at Tyler the Bordot. No spaces. Sounds exactly like it's spelled. And hey, look, if you uh, got a random trivia question you think I know the answer to, hit me up. I'll always, do the, I'll always use the honor system. If I don't know it, I'll straight up tell you I don't know. Sweet. You got anything for the people, Randy, before we leave? You know what, man? All I got to say, 28 to 3. <laughs> All right. That'll do it, guys. Okay. Until All next right. episode. Peace out.